0: We are back in business, baby. I don't know why I said that so weirdly, but welcome back. If you didn't realise, so if you don't follow us on our socials, um, we took a bit of a hiatus. Not planned, not at all. Uh, In fact, I thought we would have been so many more episodes down by now, but life happens, you know. I end up Especially when I'm nervous about something because this is the first episode back. I really got quite nervous about it and especially someone like Lila who... Having someone especially who is international uh, in the terms of where we we were doing the podcast across two different time zones and I just get a bit nervous for things like that, you know? In case something happens and... Anyway, I hope that you enjoy the episode. We're back with a bang because we've got Lila Fear on the podcast. She is an Olympic ice dancer who represents Great Britain with her skating partner. They are the current five times British national champions. Juan Silver at uh, Europeans last year have meddled at the Grand Prix and the Challenger Series and yeah Lila is a multi-talented multi-passionate individual who in this episode we start talking about a whole array of things that I did not even plan to talk about whether it be Shawn Mendes whether it be self-care routines whether it be going out in nature and I hope that other people can get that through this episode which I feel like we might need to do a part two at some time so Lila if you're listening uh, I don't know if you are if not I'm gonna reach out at some point be aware uh, because we have a lot to discuss (laughs) Um, in fact we discussed a lot anyway let's get on with the episode so please welcome Lila into the spotlight
1: ready let's go Chloe let's
0: go so how are you today
1: I'm very good today and I know that that's a very average answer but it is true I think that my mood's quite affected by the weather and today we have sunshine which makes me feel better no matter what so I had a great training day I just had a really fulfilling productive workout so feeling very proud and very good how
0: are you doing I'm good. It's been a busy day. Hopefully, this energizes you. Absolutely. So, the first proper question. I. It's a bit of a backstep, but if you could describe who you are, but without mentioning anything to do with the sport that you're a part of. Yeah. Who is Lila?
1: I am a student. And I mean that not as if like I do go to school, but more I love to learn. I'm a very curious person. I'd say that's one of um, my favorite things about myself and something that I try to cultivate. And I'm always looking to develop as a person to strengthen my relationships, um, my knowledge and whatever I can. And I'm not mentioning other things that I can learn in because that's not part of the question. But yeah, I'm a student of whatever intrigues me and, and draws me in.
0: Okay, so following from that, in an ideal world, what does your perfect day look like? Hmm,
1: that's a really good question. I think the activities can change, but the feelings are what I would be after. So that would be, I'd want to feel energetic when I wake up and excited for what the day has to hold. I I love having a sense of purpose. I thrive when I have something to do or accomplish, um, and something with meaning behind it. So some kind of activity or interaction where I can be of service in some way, learn something um, and feel very invigorated afterwards. I'm really attuned to leaving people in situations and whether they drain my energy or give me energy. And I hope that I can give energy to people too. And that's something that I really look for um, throughout my days. So something very energizing, um, Inspiring. I love fresh air. I love being in nature. I love my loved ones. I think that's something that I really treasure. So all of those things, and definitely a good restaurant meal thrown in there, because I'm a big foodie and I love to eat out with friends and just bond in that way. Right. This this
0: is going to be a bit of a side step, but what are some of your top recommendations for foods and
1: restaurants? Anywhere in the world. Oh, that's so difficult. (laughs) Quite a list. I can definitely like provide an extensive list in the show notes if your listeners care. Um, But I will firstly shout out in Montreal. My favorite restaurant at the moment is called GIA, G-I-A. I I am their biggest fan. They know that. They're close to employing me as like, well, I, I make this up, but a spokesperson. I send everyone there. I... I just love it so much. I probably go every two weeks and whenever I'm there, they're like, should we book you in next week? And I'm like, twist my arm, might as well. But they're just, it's honestly the people, it's the care they put into the food, the experience that they create. And also I just love bringing people there and seeing their reactions when they try all the different concoctions. So that is my number one and highly recommend in Montreal. Okay, I'm a bit jealous at the minute uh, because- that sounds amazing come visit anytime
0: (laughs) will do (laughs) I'll add it on my well restaurant bucket list
1: I'm yet to rename it but I think that's the case I think restaurant bucket list is the best title
0: yeah well it's not really creative (laughs) but
1: But we know what you're talking about it's important
0: (laughs) where is your favorite place on this earth
1: Hmm. Okay. This, it's the first thing that comes to mind. I think it changes a lot, but today my answer is my mom's hometown, which is Fernie, BC. And I think because it holds so many memories from my childhood and with my loved ones, and in particular, it's a little emotional, but I love going up to my grandpa's grave because it overlooks the entire town. You're surrounded by mountains. For some reason, there's always like You know, when the sun pokes through the clouds and there's those rays of light, there's always that when I'm up there and I'm like, oh, that's my grandpa, but it's just a very um, meaningful place. Beautiful. I feel so connected to him and to nature when I'm up there and in a state of awe. And I think that being in awe is something that is so special and something that I really feel in Fernie. Oh, like I'm actually a bit taken aback by that. I have some, like a really cute photo up there too. And just whenever whenever I'm there, I always walk up there and spend time. And no matter the season, it brings me a lot of joy. Oh, I, I can definitely relate in some deep way. Like it's such a long process, but being able to be there in those locations, I think helps us stay connected. Definitely. <laughs> That's just like, so not what <laughs> I was expecting this by
0: like, first three questions to come out like but I mean, I yeah. <laughs> now getting back onto it because it is about sports culture and all that jazz what is one sport that you would like to try that you have never attempted
1: Ooh, okay okay I'm gonna say <laughs> gymnastics but I want to be like strapped up in some kind of like suspension harness so I can't hurt myself because I know I would be really bad at it. But you know when they're on the bars and they do the loop-de-loops and the beam. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I have so much respect for those athletes. Um so definitely I'd like to be in Simone Biles' body doing it because I think Lila's body doing it would be a liability. So maybe not, but just to experience that that feeling and that that rush I think would be very cool. And then also I've done I grew up doing cross country. I was so bad. It was more just because my sister ran. But I think to be able to sprint that fast and to do like the hundred meters as you say bolt. I know I'm not even answering your question because I'm switching bodies, but that's really fun. Good.
0: Oh, it's like that lightning McQueen quote. I am speed. <laughs> there you go. That's um, what I want to feel. I don't know if you've seen but um how divers train with this like they go in this harness and like spin around <laughs> like for gymnastics like that yeah, that's
1: I'm preferably so I don't get dizzy but yes
0: <laughs> no I was thinking while you were just saying that we are talking on a podcast and you have a podcast and I was like oh (laughs) this is like such a weird kind of tables of (laughs) turn."
1: yeah
0: I love it well I'm really fascinated by where did your podcast come from
1: yeah um so I like to be busy as you can probably tell And I graduated high school, and I was going to be on a gap year. And immediately, I think I lasted like a week of just binge watching Gossip Girl. And then I thought, okay, I need to learn something now because I I love learning. It sounds like I'm a nerd. I kind of am, and I'll just embrace that. But I thought that I would look to podcasts to learn about all these different people and their stories and different areas of expertise. And I started listening to Tim Ferriss and Oprah. Those were my original ones, and I found that I was more intrigued by the interviewer than the interviewee. And I was really drawn to how they would connect with their guest, the questions they would ask, the flow of the conversation, and just the art behind it. And I realized, okay, I'm drawn to this. That might mean something. So I thought, well, I need a project now because I'm really bored. So why don't I start a podcast? And at first, it seemed like a long shot just because I'm the least tech technologically savvy person on the planet. Um, but since day one, it's been DIY. I edited it myself. I record I recorded on my iPhone for the longest time. So the quality has been a little questionable. Um, but it's something that my from my first interview, I just felt so excited by it and in a state of flow that I've only ever felt on the ice. So to be able to find that in a different area of life was really exciting for me because, you know, skating won't last forever. So to know that there's that that feeling of intense focus and connection and, you know, concentration within the conversation and the, the natural connection, I think was something that I was really um, drawn to and looking forward to. And it's been an amazing way to meet people that I look up to and to hear their stories and share them with the world. Definitely. Now, anyone who's listening who hasn't listened
0: to it, listen to them all they're good (laughs) thank you so much now you I'm not going to give it away because people will have to listen to it but you talk about books on yours right yeah What is if you could write a book what would it be about like is it a biography is it like a funny novel I don't know (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. That's such a, okay. I have two answers. One is it would be a collection of creative writing, short stories, just because I always loved creative writing growing up. And I like to use my imagination and to get creative with vocabulary and to create images and and pictures for the, the, the reader. There's no readers that make short stories from like GCSEs, but Hypothetically, I think that could be a really nice creative outlet, but my, my real answer would be, um, it would be about mindset through my own journey in the sport and everything I've learned and how I've grown mentally and from a psychology perspective, because I study psychology, um, and just little anecdotes that help to, um, emphasize the points that I have to make in my different experiences, but told with a funny tone. Cause I love a little giggle. <laughs> love that.
0: If there is one or two favorite episodes that you've recorded, not to single out anyone, but we are singling out.
1: (laughs) We are. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So it's like picking favorite children, and I wouldn't know. (laughs) because I have two dogs, so maybe that would be one way of knowing. But I have to say uh, my interview with Tessa Virtue was very – special to me because she was the reason that I fell in love with ice dance. And she's someone that I looked up to since I knew who she was. And I remember watching her in the Vancouver Olympics. And from that day, I was like, I want to do that because I don't enjoy jumping and falling every day. But this is another type of skating that looks fun. And I set the family desktop to a photo of them doing a tango. And my family's like, who are these people? Why are they on our computer? And I said, guys, just get on board. You'll let me show you a video shut up and I would read their autobiography every night in in my mom's hometown in our bunk beds with a little flashlight like I I just looked up to them as athletes so much and then as humans when I got to know them and train with them and then since then Tess has become a mentor of mine and Lewis's and just a very very dear friend and long lost sister so being able to tell her story and to ask her questions I've always wanted to ask her was a pinch me moment. And she was so generous with her, her energy and her honesty and really opened up and it meant so much. So that was one. And then another one that was very pinch me for me was um, with Fareed Zakaria because I was so scared, honestly, to do that interview. It's something that I Yeah, just was daunting for me because he's such a pro in that craft and, you know, in politics and is so renowned. So it was very intimidating. And I was in his home and, you know, got to deliver Fareed Zakarias answering my questions. But it was one of those things where I thought, okay, this scares me so much, this potential of interviewing him, which means I need to do it because I'm going to be really proud of myself. I'm going to grow as an interviewer and I'm going to learn a lot from him through the experience. And it was just the best he was so nice so welcoming and generous with his time he opened up so much too and made me feel so comfortable and it was just such a gratifying uh experience that I will remember forever
0: oh like there's so polar opposites
1: right like people
0: but like I I was a bit shocked when that episode came out because I just did not expect it in the slightest I'm so glad that you did it because I I don't know it just like it it was such a shock that I was like okay I'll listen to this not expecting anything but you come away being like wow (laughs) this
1: is like quite powerful stuff here and just getting to know him as a human because I thought okay I'm intimidated to talk to him about politics because that is not my wheelhouse but then I realized. I'm not here to talk to him about politics. I'm here to get to know Fareed as a human and to share his stories and ask him questions that hopefully he hasn't been asked before. Um, and I feel like I did that, which is why it was so fulfilling. And also he got to reflect back on his past and make connections that he hadn't before, which is really cool to do that with him.
0: Yeah. Now I'm going to skip it a little more relevant to you, okay? okay. Because you mentioned, are starting to mention... I don't know, something called ice skating, maybe? Um, I don't that know is. what that is. No, um, can you
1: explain that to me? <laughs>
0: you, you've competed with Lois for quite a hefty few years now. I didn't realise how long oh, oh,
1: neither.
0: No, me neither. <laughs> because ice dance in particular is very music heavy. Let's, mm. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but anyway, in my eyes, it's music heavy. What has been some of your best moments like to do with music connecting with skating? Like, is there Mm -hmm. a favorite program that you've done? Is there just like a favorite story as to how the music came about or any of
1: the above? (laughs) Music is a huge part of the sport and and also it sets the tone for the story and the performance. So it's, it's crucial. And I think... The first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is our disco medley because it was kind of our breakthrough season. It got us the the nickname Disco Brits. And it also just unlocked a lot within me and and within Lewis of, okay, we love this style. We love to do things that are a little bit different, um, unexpected and entertaining. And to just have that crowd engagement for the first time and to experience the joy of dancing in that way I was like, okay, we need to keep doing this kind of thing. We need to keep following this as what we do and what our strength is and explore that side of who we are. And it was just a great turning point for us a couple seasons into our career together. And then another one, I would say, um, in terms of my favorite piece of music and the story that goes with it is The Season's Free Dance with Rocky. Because it's this, you know, it's a world-renowned movie series and everyone knows the songs, you know, everyone pictures like running up the stairs. And um and for me it's it's the music and also how we cut it all together. It has a really nice story arc within the four minute freedance. Um which I think is really great as a performer as a performer to be able to have those ebbs and flows within the piece and different layers of the story and, and our personality shine through. And also just the story itself. Of inner strength, empowerment, going against the odds, overcoming adversity, triumph in the end. It's like everyone can relate to that hero's journey of doubting yourself and feeling so insecure. And like there's this huge obstacle up ahead. And then taking those steps, putting in the work and being so proud of yourself and winning from within. And I think to be able to tell that as athletes that can relate to that story and to tell it to humans who can relate to that story, it is incredibly empowering in itself i have to say when
0: i i heard that <laughs> this music i was at the same time if anyone was gonna be if, if anyone was gonna do it it was gonna be you two and <laughs> it, it just it suits but i just had to take a moment and then i was like right let's see what happens <laughs> you know like, what they do here yeah. But no, I I love it. Like I'm so glad. It's so, yeah, like I just said, it's so you, but so unexpected. Because like you really need like an, for example, there you just like explain the deeper meaning and stuff like that, and I feel like once you know that, it kind of suits that very well, and Thank like you. The storytelling, very talking about the storytelling and putting in the work to make a goal happen the olympics <laughs> you wow. are now an olympia
1: <laughs> crazy
0: what <laughs> because obviously the one that you competed in was a very hmm, pandemic friendly <laughs> environment Let's
1: say that yeah way. that's well said <laughs> how
0: what was your experience like? In your, yeah. Not to make so it sound I, like an exam question,
1: but. Oh, no. In your own words. don't, yeah, like, make sure you cite your sources. Um, mm. So this is my source. This is in my own words. Um, honestly, I didn't have anything to compare it to because it was our Olympic debut. So we went with a bunch of athletes who had been to, you know, one, two, three Olympics before, and they had the comparison of having family there getting to go see the location that it was hosted in. Um, For us, I was just like, "This is I'm in Disneyland. This is great. This is my dream and this is what it looks like for us for our Olympic debut and just kind of accepting and embracing and loving all that it was. Of course, it was really sad to not have my family there in the audience, but thank goodness for technology and FaceTime and all the things to stay connected while we were away. Um, And having a somewhat empty arena was not really what I envisioned growing up at the Olympics. You know, you picture it full and you like see your granny in the audience crying (laughs) and my sister's jumping up and, you know, they just texted me after and that's what it was. But in terms of the bubble, I really liked it because none of us could leave the bubble. So we were all forced to be together all the time. And I love meeting new people. So I thought this is great. I'm here with all these people who are living their dreams you know, achieving these amazing goals. They're all very high level of what they do. So determined the energy was so palpable and so invigorating. So I was here for it. I hung out in the dining hall most, most days for a long time, because that's where everyone would chat and get to know one another and share their stories and doubts and fears and celebrations. And it was just a unique experience but I would not trade it for anything it was exactly what what it was meant to be for us and and everyone there.
0: Did did little Lila even believe like what had just happened like imagine Mm -hmm. that just like telling her that everything was gonna happen maybe not in the way that she expected but definitely something to look forward to.
1: Yeah. And also on that note, like I, I, we were as prepared as we could have been, but could not prepare for so many different parts of the experience. And like, one of those things was I got a foot infection on the plane and I don't think people know this, but I, I wasn't able to walk. I, every time I wasn't on the ice, I was, you know, legs up, elevated, icing, antibiotics, um, excruciating pain, like walking hurt, putting my foot in a shoe hurt, putting my foot in a skate was the worst. And was (laughs) yeah, I was like, what's going to happen tomorrow. I was so scared the night before the the rhythm dance because practice, I was a disaster. I was shaking. I was nervous. I was in pain. I was crying. I just wanted to like leave and go ice my foot. And I was there and I was like, this is my dream. I'm going to bring it no matter what. And I have to trust myself And that it's all in there and that I've trained this, but it was scary. It was definitely scary. And I'm really thankful that the training showed and we were able to perform, you know, two clean performances at the Olympics, but little Lila wouldn't know, by the way, get antibiotics, (laughs) bring those, (laughs) but you know, ready for anything, but not ready for anything.
0: Yeah. It's like the Olympic village has like mini shops almost, but. Where'd you even go
1: to get that? You're like, oh dear. (laughs) The whole team, they were so amazing and came together to try to make like these gel pad foot contraptions for me because I was like, it hurts to put my foot in my skate. Can we make this better? And everyone came together and I just felt so supported, which meant the world.
0: Yeah. Speaking about support, like to give it away to people who are not aware you train at one of the most, like, unique environments ever. <laughs> like, I I don't even know if there is, like, a comparison. I don't
1: think there is. I think it's one of a kind.
0: Now, for the people who might not know anything about it, can you please introduce and tell us a little bit about it and okay. your training?
1: So I am lucky enough to train at the Ice Academy of Montreal, also known as I am, which is a nice little affirmation statement, if you want to throw a little adjective after that. Uh, But it is basically, I think I said this once in a quote, I use the word epicenter, and I'll use it again. It's the epicenter of the world's best ice dancers. There's teams from, I think, around 15 countries all over the world. And, you know, we really represent most of the world of figure skating. And we have this incredible coaching team. It was created by Marie-France Dubray and Patrice Lazon because they, dreamed they had to move away from home from Montreal um, to pursue skating at a high level. They moved to France, and then they always dreamed of bringing high-level skating to their homes that Canadian skaters wouldn't have to move away. Little did they know everyone would be moving away, <laughs> but Montreal, which is fine because we love it here. Um, and it's such a unique environment because... We are all one another's top competitors and we're training mates, which makes us a team, right? And I think to be able to blend those energies is so invigorating in its own way and motivating. And We all need it because we inspire one another. We can see what our competitors are doing and celebrate their strengths and then say, okay, I'm not going to be better than them at their what they do and their thing. So what can we do to be more individual and to show our personality and build on our strengths? And it's a really beautiful process of individualization between the teams because we have the same coaches. But if you look at what we're doing, they're not the same at all. And that's a testament to the coaching team to support who we are as individuals, like couples, I guess. Um, And also the willingness to collaborate and to create together to express who we are with their guidance and vision. And I would not want to be anywhere else. I feel, I pinch myself every day. I feel so lucky to train there and just so supported, like you said, so in awe of all my training mates and so grateful to them for being there and and motivating us every day. And yeah, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It like, it's such a creative,
0: Sport in that sense, where you can just show off what you want to show off and highlight what you want to do, which is totally. so unique in itself. So the fact that there is a training center, I guess you could call it, that's or organization, I guess is the business. Whatever <laughs> side of me is, basketball okay. basketball. <laughs> <The> Business side, <laughs> yeah, but it's just because you can link so many different people together to bring so many different outcomes is just amazing (laughs) as you mentioned you're in montreal now and you've previously mentioned that you are a student as well what what has been the best thing that you've learned about so far
1: oh okay okay i have two answers (laughs) them is my favorite course that I've ever taken at so I go to McGill here in Montreal and my major is in psychology and my favorite course that I took was called human motivation and firstly the professor was incredible because he's this guy he's so shy but the lecture stadium what's it called the lecture hall is that what it's called is that an auditorium I don't know I feel like we call it a lecture hall the big classroom there were hundreds of students let's just call it that it's his stage. It's your theater. Lecture theater. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> theater. It's his time to shine, and he was just in his element, so passionate. You could just see his expertise and and really feel it. And he just made the course amazing. But long story short, it was all about how we can reach our our peak performance, our potential. And they spoke about deliberate practice and grit and growth mindset and everything that I'm interested in. And to be able to be assigned books that I want to read anyways. And then to write an essay on it, I was like, give me another essay. I have a lot to say. I love this. Um, So that was a really great experience. And then right now I'm studying interpersonal relations. So it's all about relationships, dating, attraction, communication, you know, conflict. And it's just very applicable and she gives examples from, you know, all the sitcoms that we love and the, the professor is so lively and wonderful. So I'm really enjoying that too. Okay. Can I transfer? Like, how does this work? We're an exchange and I'll go to Scotland. Oh yeah. And you can I'm go
0: anytime. Sorry, right? No, because you do so, so much. How do you rest? Like, what's your favorite way to like rest? Even if you don't switch off fully, like parts at a time, like how how do you do it? How does Lila
1: rest? How do I rest? Okay. So sleep is a big one for me. I'm very fierce about my sleep. I need minimum eight hours. And if it's eight hours, it's a bad night for me. So I try to get nine during weekdays. And if I could get like 10 to 12 on the weekends, I will just because I really feel the effect, I don't take naps. So, you know, I have to make it count while while I'm sleeping while I'm asleep. Um, but I just know that from a longevity standpoint, from focus, you know, my mood, how my body feels, my, the sharpness of my mind, it's so important and it's an easy thing to control for me. So I just try to be very structured around that. And then in terms of self care, I love a bath with Epsom salts. And, you know, I put my little headband on and I do a face mask and I, so I don't do it properly because I know you're supposed to wait 15 minutes and I get too hot in the bath. So I'm like three minutes. Okay. That's enough. And then I wash it off and, you know, it did nothing, but it's the ritual that counts. And recently, so I used to watch Netflix in the bath and then I realized, okay, I'm multitasking. I need to be a little more present and switching off. So I'm still multitasking, but now I read in the bath. So no technology, there's more silence and it's just, I did this last night and it really was a nice reset for me after the the last competition and it's one of my favorite little things.
0: Okay, so that wraps up our main segment. So we're going to our last four questions, which are a bit like our starter questions where they
1: kind of come full circle. Okay, before so- you ask them, Am Sorry. I supposed to do quick fire because I'm not good at that? Okay, good. <laughs> You're good.
0: <hold> <laughs> uh, what is something that you have done recently to step outside your comfort zone?
1: Hmm. I mean, do you want to know about skate? Is it about skating or anything? Anything at all. So I'll say for skating, um, the Grand Prix. We just did because I skated very courageously in both programs. I think Grand Prix are a lot more daunting than a challenger series. It feels like really like the world stage and it's time to deliver or not. And I, I was very proud of feeling uncomfortable in going for it. And then just proving to myself that, you know, I can give more than I think I can and that I've trained that. So that was one. And then another one, it's just in general I love meeting new people and reaching out to strangers and people that I admire and just maybe they find it weird but once they meet me hopefully it's not weird but I think just putting myself out there and if I'm really curious about a person and and want to add value to them and and hopefully um, get some insight from them I'll do that even though it's uncomfortable in the moment sounds amazing
0: <laughs> if you I know I kind of asked a similar question earlier but if you could relive a moment or a memory that has music as its core focus what would it be oh music yeah Hmm. so like it could be a certain car ride it could be a concert it could be okay
1: I have two answers I'm sorry I have so many answers (laughs) all right okay the first one was I went to Shawn Mendez's concert, and this was before he was super famous. So it was in this tiny theater in London. And right now, like, he'd sell out Wembley, No Problem, or the O2. But it was the Apollo and Hammersmith, tiny. I was in the third row. I'm pretty sure we had eye contact and a few songs. And I was in love with the guy at the time. So it was just, like, great for my 14-year-old self. I knew every word to every song. I was a fan to say the least. So I think that was just like a very unique experience at that time in his career. And as a fan girl, um, as a 14 year old fan girl, I was thriving. So that was fun. And then another one polar opposite I did. So I grew up singing classically and I did this um, course called the Eaton choral course, which is where you audition and you get to spend a week at Eton, the school in, in the countryside. It was just for the the musicians and it was a week of intensive singing and we got to perform even song at St. Paul's Cathedral. And I was probably the worst singer there, but just singing and harmonizing with those other masters and their voices and hearing the echo in St. Paul's Cathedral, I was just I'm pretty sure I was crying while I was singing and maybe stopped to listen to everyone else, but it was just magical. And I couldn't believe I was there singing at St. Paul's Cathedral and it was just like haunting, but in the best way. Wow.
0: (laughs) I've only seen that cathedral once and it was this um, past winter, actually. And it's magical. Like when you get in like certain lights, especially with like Christmas lights and that, it's amazing. (laughs) Now, if you could, also, before I move on to the second last question, I think everyone, not everyone, but most people I know anyway, have gone through a Shawn Mendes phase at some point in their lives. So you're all right. You're all okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> you find your people. <laughs> I find my, we're all, we're all here together. Exactly. All right, if you could display one message in the sky, what, so that everyone could read it, everyone could understand it, what would it be?
1: Um. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, I feel like your question is pretty nuanced because it could be an image too. Yeah. But I'm going to just go for words, and they're in English. So I apologize for people that don't speak English, but it can automatically translate. Well, <laughs> who? I mean, right? It translates to any language. I would say, "Be here now," because. You know, there's no anxiety or fear or doubt in the present moment that all or regret or shame, like that all comes from being in the past or in the future. And I think the vividness of life and the most potential to connect and to experience your life is in the present moment. And I'm one of those people, I think a lot, I think ahead, of like a, a thousand miles a minute, and presence has been a game changer for me to just appreciate what is and to be where I am and to savor it and you know this moment that is what we have guaranteed. So I think saying be here now would be a great reminder to just get back into the moment.
0: I can totally back that and that sounds an amazing message. What would you say? I don't know. I was thinking about this and I think it would be just something like be yourself. Oh I love that. Like because I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people end up seeing traits of other people and pulling it together rather than developing themselves. And so, no. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the but... <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Now, last of all, this is a bit of a cheesy question, to say the least. Yes. And it, this answer could be, like, near impossible, okay?
1: Oh, gosh, okay. Who would you like to come on next? <laughs> Ooh. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm biased, but Mr. Lewis Gibson, your fellow oh. Scotsman, um he's he's a pretty cool guy, and I definitely talk more than him, so I feel like in most interviews <laughs> you don't get to know L- Mr. Lewis Gibson, but he is a rare breed. He's one of the most special human beings I've ever had the privilege of knowing. And is such yeah, has so many layers to the guy. So I think you'd have a really great conversation, especially because your questions are so unique and insightful and creative. And I think he would have the best time. Well, thank you.
0: Well, so well. Word out to him. <laughs> yeah, free. I'll like slide into the DMs. Be like, why, why was in, like
1: this? <laughs> check out Chloe. You want to be yeah. on her show?
0: You just have to. <laughs> Which he will for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on.